Get ready for the Small Church Shepherds podcast. Small Church Shepherds exist to encourage, enrich, and equip small church pastors and churches. You can find our blog and more information about us at smallchurchshepherds.com. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Small Church Shepherds Podcast. Uh, We are here today with the Dean of Graduate Studies from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, um, Dr. Bo Rice, and he's here today with us to talk about why education is important, particularly theological education, whether that be a seminary or a Bible college, um, as New Orleans, as all of our Southern Baptist colleges, but New Orleans in particular, have both seminary and undergraduate theological studies and biblical studies that you can take in. So thank you for being with us today, Dr. Rice. Um, Take a moment and... Yeah, take a moment and let everyone kind of know a little bit about you and what you do at New Orleans. Okay. Uh, so again, yes, thank you so much, Jonathan, for the opportunity to join you. Uh, so I, I do serve as the Dean of Graduate Studies here, oversee um, the, the graduate side of programs, anywhere from our graduate certificates up through our master's, MAs, MDivs, uh, our ProDoc, our DMN, and up through our PhD. So uh, excited to, to work alongside one of the best faculties in the land and uh, just a, a group of men and women who uh, excel in their, in their areas of study. Study and really just do a wonderful job of instructing and leading and leading our students. Um, I, I teach primarily uh, pastoral ministries division, but I, I teach preaching and evangelism and pastoral ministry and uh, and also oversee our mentoring program here. I came here as an associate dean over our mentoring program, and once I became the dean for the graduate side, I still oversee that in a sense, but um, really excited about what God has continued to do really to build our mentoring program or, um, where, where we get to pour back into our students and help and help students have a real um, uh, someone mentor, shepherd, lead and guide them and pour their lives mm-hmm. practically as as we as a seminary get to pour into them in a lot of theological aspects, uh, really help plug them into churches where, where seasoned pastors and ministers can pour into them as well. So and really, I, I'm going to tell you, that's a, a lot of a lot of probably we'll see some overlap there of, of, uh, of how how we can encourage pastors to to come alongside younger ministers to be better equipped for the work of the gospel. Yeah, and, and that is such a great way for students to learn, especially uh, if you were like people like me that did seminary through extension centers. Um, and it was a great, it was, the men- mentoring program was really not getting kicked off as well when I was taking classes. Um, yeah. There was a different version of it than what y'all do now, but uh, I've heard really good things from the students who've been able to do what the, the current version of the mentoring program. Um, well, this brings us into our topic today, this idea of education and in my experience, I've had a mixed bag when it's come to churches of as and their view of going to seminary, getting a theological education, and, and it's run the gambit anywhere between you must have a seminary degree in order to pastor here to we do not want you to have a seminary degree to pastor here. We're a Bible believe. They'll call this is what their phrase. They'll say we're a Bible believing church, and we just want a Bible believing pastor. So. What would you say to um, that idea that somehow seminary would work against um, a congregation or a church? 
Yeah, so so Jonathan, I'll tell you, um, I, I chuckle, try not to laugh whenever you say that. I, I, I've I've experienced it as well. Um, I, so I come I come to to the faculty here as a guy who um, who's had many years of pastoral experience. Well, I say many. I, I pastored two churches, did that for about fourteen years before the Lord led us to be here on on faculty full time, and um, and and still. And since I've been here, I've been uh, been here four years. And I'm in my fifth interim, so. Still, still have a lot. I'm, every Sunday, I'm I'm in in the local church, and um, and and I've heard similar things through the years. I think one of the things that we have to that we have to remind ourselves and remind our churches of, especially especially as Southern Baptist, um, you know, we we exist for the church. The the seminaries exist for the in a sense we we obviously are run by, and we and we exist mm-hmm. for the convention. But the convention is the church, and so and the churches that come together. So it, uh, you know, I, I laugh, but at the same time, it breaks my heart because because I think part of the problem is is um, it's probably it's fault both ways. Uh, sometimes I believe seminaries have gotten to the point where we believe that uh, we're the ones who are called to to call out and fully equip ministers of the gospel, and and then churches turn around and think, well. That's that's why we have the seminaries, and and then and then it can be vice versa. The the truth is, we exist for each other. So even here at New Orleans, our our mission statement, our purpose, we we exist to ultimately to to equip leaders to fulfill the great commission and the great commandments through the local church and its ministries. Uh, so even even in our purpose, which we've always had, that's why we exist. We exist to to equip leaders to ultimately be able to answer and fulfill the great commission and the great commandments in the local church. I think I think we just we have to be reminded of that. As the seminary we have to be reminded of that. As the churches we have to be reminded of that. That ultimately, as as a seminary, we're we're called to to equip equip pastors and ministers of the gospel basically by by giving them the resources and the tools. Really, we've always I've always kind of said it this way: we fill the toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. The, the church the church sees um, calls out, or God's the one who does the calling, but the the church identifies those ministers, people that God is calling out, setting them aside. We we ordain them. Uh, oftentimes, obviously, that comes after. Oftentimes, after seminary education. But still, there's a there's a choosing, there's a selecting, there's a there's an observing of God's call in someone's life, mm-hmm. and then and then they oftentimes are are hopefully they should be poured into and equipped right there in the local church, and then the church is the one who sends them. They you know yep. to come to seminary they have to be they have to be commissioned by a church in a sense to, to yep. attend seminary. So so again, I guess this, we just have to be reminded that as as a seminary we exist for the church. And the church has to remember that we as a seminary exist for her. We exist for her. And so we just come alongside and and supplement what the church should be doing already. Again, just mm-hmm. giving giving ministers the resources they need to serve in the local church effectively. And then and then helping really helping the people to see that that uh, that a lot of times you know a great a great education that someone received is is often it's it's learned not just in the classroom but it's learned by experience a lot exactly. of those experiences they come in the classroom but they but they 
come alive in the church. So again, uh, it just it's a it's a wedding of the two. We just have to be reminded why each one of us exists. The church exists because God ordained it, God brought it. And then and then through the years, the churches came together and said, "You know what? To 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 really have what we need to be sound theologically in mind, we have to have ministers of the gospel who are sound theologically in mind and and uh, mm-hmm. and as a convention we decided one of the best ways to do that is is to partner together and uh, pull resources and to pull you know scholars who come together who believe in the inerrant word of God but but we we give the tools and the resources for God's people to then dig into his word so ultimately they can go back and 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 share that knowledge and wisdom yeah. with the church, building up well, the disciplines of, of the church. I want to I want to hit in on on that per, one particular thing you've mentioned is this idea of partnership, and and this has really been a push across the Southern Baptist Convention on all their entities, NAM, IMB, the seminaries. Um, yeah. There's becoming there. I think there has in certain churches in certain areas become this unhealthy idea of well the churches don't have to do that work that's why we have our entities, um, yeah. but that's not what those entities were ever created to be. They were created to be partnerships, um, and, and I think there is a very healthy push now um, across the board in Southern Baptist life to Absolutely. to to put the responsibility back in the hands of the local church to to raise up and call pastors and missionaries and and the seminaries and the various mission center agencies simply partner and aid the local churches. So um, I think that's a great idea, um, a great thought that you're there to help these churches. They shouldn't be against you. Um, so how can this theological education actually benefit a small church? Because so the something you'll get to is people think, and I've encountered this myself personally, well, you're only getting that degree so you can move on and get a bigger church because bigger churches need people with degrees. We're a small church. We don't need that. How can the small church benefit from a pastor who is theologically trained? Um, so, yeah, again, I, I've heard the same thing. <laughs> you know, it, it has been perceived oftentimes. You, we know that when you get that degree, you're moving on. Um, first off, I think we have to we have to battle that. We need we need guys who will, will stay in their churches. I know leave when God calls you, to, you know, when he leaves, when he moves you, that that's that's fine. But I think a lot of times and, and historically there have been guys who left churches way too early. And um, so. There's there's some practical things that we can do, but uh, but helping helping churches and helping pastors of small churches understand that um, that getting getting a, again that that proper understanding of, of theological disciplines it's it's necessary in the local church. Um, usually, again the way we've the way we have been structured for so long, uh, obviously we all have the promise of the Holy Spirit in us, and we trust in Christ. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. He empowers us. He emboldens us. He opens up our minds, gives us gifts. I mean, he does so many things in us. Every believer has what we need in order to have a deep and intimate relationship and a walk with the Lord. But uh, but again, that sovereign God also called under shepherds to be the ones who help give the church this this proper understanding of what of what true spiritual disciplines are. And so so helping the church see that that their ministers need to be adequate adequately equipped and prepared uh, in order to teach and model these disciplines is is what will help 
the 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 small church understand their pastors need this, but um, but also that uh, that others are, are going to benefit from it. Um, I, I think you know going back to what we talked about earlier, I, I've I've heard it. I've heard the, the an old saying. You know, sometimes people are so heavenly minded that uh, that they're no earthly good. Mm-hmm. I, I heard <laughs> my my grandparents whenever I was actually going to surrender the ministry, going to seminary. Um, I heard my grandparents kind of give me, now they were a hundred percent, hundred percent behind me going to seminary and seeking God's calling on my life. But, uh, but my grandmother kind of had a little twist on that. She said, don't, don't become so theologically minded that you're no earthly good. Now my, my grandparents or some of the godless people that would have ever met, um, and, and real, real rich in their own understanding of theology and their walk with the Lord. But, but, but I heard, I heard the, the advice and in a sense, the, the warning, uh, because they were members of a very small church in Mississippi and had been all, all of their lives. And, um, and I think even in their wisdom and their experience, they'd seen they'd seen guys at times who 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 were poured into by not just by seminaries but by others, and uh, and they become we all, we all fight that battle of of pride of mm-hmm. of you know pride in our own on our own wisdom and in our own knowledge and uh, and so I, those words just echo in my mind from my grandparents that uh, you know we we have to make sure that we're using. This seminary education, the, the things that are being poured into us, we're using them not to lift up and prop up ourselves, but ultimately mm-hmm. to equip and to expand the kingdom, equip the church and expand the kingdom of God. And uh, and, and that's and that's what a good, a good seminary education does. It, um, it helps us balance uh, theory. It helps us balance theology with with practice and, and, and ultimately not for the benefit of ourselves and, and the and the and the accomplishments that we can put on our resume, our vita, but but ultimately it, it truly is for building up the edification, mm-hmm. building up the body of Christ, and in the advancement of the kingdom of God. Um, I, I I think I think we just have to be reminded of that again in the local church. Our ministers need to be reminded of that. We mentioned earlier just mentoring um, our our guys who've been pastoring for a long time. I mean, look, we're we're a convention of small churches. Mm-hmm. I think I saw even still recently. Um, just in the past few years, we 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 do a lot here at this seminary at New Orleans with uh, with small churches, and still I think it's about eighty percent of our churches in the SBC average a hundred or less. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't checked those numbers recently. I know that was true not too long ago, and um, and it's probably is higher than that. But you know, helping helping guys who've been in those situations understand that look it's it's your it's your opportunity not just your responsibility now it's your opportunity to raise up the next generation seek out that young man or woman who's there who's god's working in their life and then and then be intentional to come alongside them pour into them mentor them and help and help them understand at an early age that Hey, you're you're going to need further equipping, mm-hmm. and and one of the best ways you can get that is is to go go to seminary to be to be poured into, to um, really just to 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 ultimately again to fully answer that call by by being well prepared to to leave where God might might send you to leave. Well, two things uh, there's to hit on that I want to follow up with. One, there's definitely the stereotype of the arrogant seminarian. You know, like there's been sure. Babylon, there's been Babylon B articles written about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's 
And I, I've seen I see it all the time, uh, and I almost think that there's times when you see some guys in seminary, and it's not all seminarians, because uh, I mean I was one at a time, and so uh, sure. <laughs> it, it, I'm talking about myself in the past when I say that. It's not all, but it's almost like their their seminary training. You can tell the ones that are not serving in churches and the ones that are, and yeah. and I and almost I'm willing to say 99% of the time that the quote unquote arrogant seminarian is the one that's just going to seminary and not serving somewhere because yeah. when you have that theological training tempered by service, um, you, you, it's a completely different man that comes out um, in those situations. Um, and second thing I wanted to hit at is we're talking about how Benedia to be balanced here with beneficial versus necessary. Um, I would not go so far as to say that seminary or theological education is necessary, as in I, I actually have a friend who went graduated from a um, a Bible college that I graduated with, um, and he will look someone in the eye and say, if you do not have a seminary degree, you are not a God-called minister. I mean, just hardcore. And, and obviously, I would reject that. Um, right. And, and and I feel like you would too um, from sure. rejecting that idea that we're, we're not in this saying you have to go to seminary, um, right. but, but we are trying to make some strong overtures that it, it, it can be and will be beneficial um, and helpful in your ministry. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you would second that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So so uh, you know again a, a good a good seminary. Is, is going to be better equipped than the average church with with people who can teach original languages, systematic theology, you know, church history, biblical biblical exegesis. Um, now, look, I mean, our, our, my, my goal, what I would love to see is, is there be qualified uh, men and women of God who can teach every aspect of the Bible fully, diligently, adequately, if properly equipped. But uh, but you and I both know that that's I mean, that's that's what we're striving for. But it's but it's rare. Yeah. So you're not going to find that usually uh, not often in a, in a church. So so where so where can I? A God called minister uh, be equipped in, in in areas like that. Well, that's that's seminary. Again, that's why the seminary exists. So a good seminary is is just better equipped to to expose ministers of the Lord to to those things, which which I would then argue they are necessary. They they are necessary. They're they're tools that we need to have in the church to to, to again to practice good exegesis to to. Mm-hmm. To understand what 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 good sound biblical theology is, uh, those are necessary in the church. So that so the seminary is just better equipped to give mm-hmm. give those God called students of Lord to prepare them to place them back in the church so they can reproduce it there. Um, yeah. a, a good seminary, you know, I, I think I think a good seminary education is gonna is gonna give um, pastors, ministers, missionaries, counselors they're they're gonna give them confidence. And and what they do know, what they should know, while while at the same time giving them humility and and what they don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's one of the things about seminary education. You 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 sit in a room and and you realize, hey, look, I'm 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 surrounded by people 
who are, are all different levels of understanding yeah. of these things than myself. There, there's and, nothing that's going to quite as humbling as taking Hebrew. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so, it's, you know, it's just one of those things where, where a good some education is, is going to give you the confidence and the resources to know what you know, but at the same time, it's going to show you where you might be deficient. And so, um, so again, I think that's a, that's a good thing about, about seminary. Uh, again, I don't know that it's, well, I, I would say there's aspects of that seminary teaches you of humility, which is necessary in everyone's life. <laughs> but again, the question is, yeah. is, is, is seminary necessary? I, I don't know that I can argue that. But if I didn't believe in what we do as a seminary, I wouldn't be here. Because again, exactly. I'm, I, I mean, I'm a pastor myself. I'm, I'm called to be a pastor theologian. I'm called to be a guy who now is equipping the next generation. But all of that is done under my calling from the Lord, which is is the church to provide for the bride of Christ. And so, um, so again, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, not saying that, it, that seminary education is, is, is necessary, but it's, it's close. It's, it's essential. It's yeah. essential. Well, and, uh, there's, there's this in, in many churches and in many areas, especially in the South, at least because that's all I'm really familiar with is a Mississippi pastor um, is there's this dichotomy, and I would call it a false dichotomy, between uh, spirituality and intellect. And, and it's this idea that, well, you don't have to grow in your knowledge. You just need to grow in faith. Yeah. And, and, there's, and when, when, in, when I've encountered people who are anti-seminary, what they're really, they're anti-intellect. They, they don't think, they think that if you are learning and growing in knowledge, that that is somehow against being spiritual and faithful. Podcast is at, aiming at small church pastors who are very likely in these types of situations. So if a, past, a pastor or a the aspiring pastor is wanting to go to seminary, um, what advice can you give to them that to communicate the need and the desire to a church that doesn't necessarily agree with that need? Um, and that's that's a good question. I mean, ultimately, I think I think what what that what that pastor what that minister needs to communicate is that um, is that their own growing in knowledge will be a direct a, a, a direct benefit to the church. Um, you know, we we are called. I mean, we show in Scripture where we are we're clearly called to to grow in our wisdom and our understanding, our knowledge of the Word. Um, that's that's what seminary is. It's it's helping us to get again the tools and the resources that we need to become better students of the word. So then so then that when we stand we proclaim we're not we're not standing proclaiming thus saith Bo. When I stand and proclaim I'm I'm proclaiming thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know so helping our churches understand that that we're not we're not pursuing this education just to just for the pursuit of worldly or empty knowledge but but we are we are pursuing uh, godly knowledge. We are we are pursuing wisdom from above. And so uh, ultimately help Helping our, our churches understand that um, that seminary education is uh, is a valuable resource and a tool that uh, will benefit not just the pastor and and his and his family and and again pad his resume, but it is it is something that will that will be a, a direct benefit to 
to the church. So that, so then, you know, when a, when a guy has the door of opportunity open to him, uh, he, he's got to be intentional. Okay, so how can I immediately begin to utilize what I'm learning in seminary mm-hmm. to show the, the church I'm investing in you. you you've invested in me. Exactly. You've given me this, time, this opportunity. So now how are ways that I can at, immediately begin to use this with that I'm that I'm receiving to pour into others? Um, you know, do that church wide. Do that with a, with a small group. I mean, pastors pastors need to be mentoring. Pastors yeah. need to be taking taking people alongside them and 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 shepherding and leading and guiding them, showing them what it what it is what what they're learning, what what they're gaining. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so really taking people along beside you, but again, just taking what we're getting and and uh, sharing that in a sense that wisdom and that knowledge immediately. I think it's just one way that a that a pastor can really ultimately communicate the importance. I would go a step further with that and say that if your church doesn't notice a change in your ministry because while you're doing seminary, you're doing seminary wrong. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like if if because I mean, all right, let's just take. I know um, by experience, many of the classes in seminary have a practicum part to them. That's just part of their components. They're encouraged to do some kind of project relating to that class, whether I've been encouraged in my classes to start small groups and go over issues. I've been encouraged in my classes to start evangelism um, prospects and my discipleship strategies. Um, How can we grow up more mature believers? I've been challenged in my classes to try preaching a different style than I've preached before. You know, all of these things are, are directly because of my se- the seminary education. Um, oh, and so if a, if a pastor is go or a youth minister or anyone is going through seminary and they're not impacting their church, you, you need to maybe check your heart there is, is what you're doing at seminary, I, th- I would say. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so we, we offer a lot of courses here. So when you said that, I just thought about a practical course. Um, so we have a supervised ministry. One is our personal evangelism course. That then steps into a church evangelism course. Uh, personal evangelism being exactly that. We teach students how to share the gospel. We hold them accountable where they actually mm-hmm. are required to share the gospel and record those opportunities, and report on those. Church evangelism then takes the next step to where what you've been learning in Supervised One, personal evangelism, now you're developing a, a an evangelism strategy for the local church. So that, that class is is built around the, the principle that develop an evangelism, you know, ministry of the of the church where you're serving. So absolutely. But but it's not even just for classes like that. I mean, when you're studying Hebrew, you know what? Mm-hmm. You're preaching an Old Testament passage, you should be better prepared, better equipped yep. to 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 preach and teach that that scripture as as it's intended to be finding what the what is the central idea what is the main idea the the big idea of this text and being able to convey that so yeah absolutely I mean across the board what you're getting in seminary if you're not utilizing it then immediately I would say well then you you might be you might be in seminary just to get a piece of paper to hang on your wall. And, mm-hmm. and that's not why we're here, even as a seminary. Yes, we give degrees. We want, we don't give them. When a yeah. student earns those degrees, <laughs> yeah. we, we award them. Let me rephrase that. We award them. Yeah. But, but it's you know it's just one of those things where but but we again we do this because we exist for the local church. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know don't don't come to seminary, fill your minds, and then and then not be productive for the kingdom. 
Yeah. Feel, let, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. Fill your minds. Let us give you as much as we can. We can't give you, we can't give you everything. We could talk all day about what you get at seminary, but you know, one of my classes that I teach supervised ministry too, which is a, uh, just a ministry practicum. Um, we actually, one of my favorite lectures is we, I talk about, you know, what they didn't teach me at seminary. Yeah. Here I am the seminary professor. And I just share from the experiences, things that I yeah. learned. I didn't, I didn't know till I, till I began pastoring. And, uh, and so, you know, just making sure though, that we have these experiences, get this understanding, but again, immediately use it to, to build and edify the church. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we're getting close to the end, and but one last thing I wanted to be able to talk about: we, we, it's important to co- to get an education. Um, it, it will aid you in your ministry, but it does not come easy. Um, yeah. There, there are sacrifices that that you have to make that your church might have to make. Um, so, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen from the seminary side and, and from the pastor? You've you've had to go through it as a pastor yourself to get your education. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges? Challenges that you think pastors face going to seminary, and how can they overcome them? Um, so, time, family, ministry, working multiple jobs, and finances. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but yeah. time, managing time well—that that's true of every of every of every season of life. But but when you're when you're pastoring, you're by vocation, you're working more than one job. You have a family. All this works into time. How are you going to manage your time well? Um, and and sometimes it's trial and error. But some. But it's just. But again, it being intentional, setting up those times where you've got to commit to certain things that in the times of the day. Uh, family is is of most importance. Uh, juggling family responsibilities. Um, don't don't come to seminary, whether that's on campus or through extension or online, whatever. Don't come to seminary and let your marriage fall apart. Yeah. You know, pour in pour into your spouse, uh, pour into your children, because you don't you don't want to get a seminary degree and have your children hate you because you weren't a part of their life for however many years. Um, you know, it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So balancing time, obviously, that really relates to, to family ministry responsibilities. Um, you know, it's it is when when guys are bivocational, when guys are doing, again, multiple jobs and some education, balancing that the aspects of, of ministry, because uh, we all know that that we're you know, ministers are on call 24 seven. And, and so it's just balancing the responsibilities of ministry. Uh, Again, how do you learn that? Uh, I would say you've got to you've got to surround yourself with good accountability partners, and and every and again every pastor needs a mentor. So find somebody who's further along down the road, long, further than you are, and let them shepherd, lead, and guide you, minister to your soul. Um, working more than one job. Again, sometimes that might come in seasons. Bivocational guys, I mean, just uh, incredible the work that they do, um, doing doing the things that God's called them to do in the church, while at the same time working another job, because that's how that's how God is providing for them. Uh, f- figuring out balance there. But, but one of the things I know quickly just is is finances. Uh, finances is hard. Again, all of these things that we've talked about sometimes can uh, can be affected by by our finances. 
Uh, I'm, I'm just going to give a, a shameless plug here real quick for the for our seminary for NOBTS for New Orleans. Uh, we've been blessed. We have a have a wonderful um, donor here that's connected to the school who has who's had family that uh, has always been in bivocational ministry. Uh, God has richly blessed them, and they now want to be a blessing to ministers who work uh, small church pastors, bivocational ministers, mm-hmm. and uh, and we've got we've got scholarships now that um, that we can we can grant to students where every bit of your education is paid for. Now there's stipulations there. Be careful yeah. how I say that, but uh, it is absolutely unbelievable the the resources that are that are poured into uh, students here at New Orleans Baptist. So uh, if you're looking for a seminary degree and and finances is one of those issues, contact the school. If you're especially if you're in a church, yeah. a small church. Right now we're in when I say that it's Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. We are looking to expand that, and we're in the process of expanding that. But uh, those are our three primary states now. If you're pastoring a church that's a small church in Louisiana that's defined as 250 or less in Alabama and Mississippi, it's 150 or less. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a church like that and you want a seminary education and you are struggling financially, contact the school because there's a really good chance that you could you could qualify for this Caskey Scholarship. To um, again, by wonderful donors, been able to help offset some of this. We have a tuition cap now where students can take more hours. Once they reach a certain point, they can get more hours for free. It's covered. Um, there's just things that the school is trying to do to take away any of the burden. Now, mm-hmm. seminary education, it's not a burden itself, but it is hard work. Yeah. But but if there's if there's a, a situation, something going on in someone's life, especially something like finances, don't don't let that do not hear me. Do not let that be what prevents you from answering God's call, being fully equipped, because there's there's probably more resources and help than what some people un- realize. And so yeah. don't let that be what, what holds you up. But other than that, it's like with things we talked about, family and time, mm-hmm. working multiple jobs, um, just, just have to be, have to prioritize. Yeah. And, and that's definitely... Finances is a huge part of the decision. A lot of people, that's the only thing. And I know the Caskey Scholarship is something that's very unique to New Orleans because of y'all's donor and doing that. I was actually a Caskey recipient. Um, And it's one of those things where it seems very strict. You got to do things like evangelize, which you should be doing already. All right. So filling out evangelism reports, read the book here, there. Uh, You're doing all these things anyways. You're going to have to do it for the Caskey. And it's not a robotic system. I know that when I was there, I actually, um, I actually got fired from my church while I was there. And Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Tolbert was super, I mean, yeah, he prayed for me and um, was w- walked through that process with me and helped me to ma- maintain my scholarship and things like that. So, I mean, the, it's 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 a really great uh, draw that New Orleans Seminary has for that. But equally, um, no matter where you're at in the country, there is a seminary in your region, and sure. they all have great scholarships. They they're all willing to work with you um, to to help ease that financial burden. I mean, you, you just will never know unless you call um, and, and yeah, actually I talk to somebody. It, yeah. I, so I know I gave a plug for NOBTS, but also let me yeah. just give a, a plug for the seminary for seminary education across the SBC. Uh, we, the six Southern Baptist seminaries 
could not be here and do what we do if it were not for all of our Southern Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we all benefit greatly from the cooperative program, and that was just that was just God's ordination years ago. Just going ahead of us as a convention, understanding what we would need to be prepared to minister the gospel uh, to the church and through the through the nations in generations to come. And um, and so, man, we got We got to continue to pray and give to the cooperative program. Pray for the cooperative program. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. Our six Southern the Baptist seminaries, we're able to do a lot that others cannot do um, just because because of the brilliance, really, the brilliance of the of the cooperative program. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to say in with that, um, thank you, Dr. Bo Rice. From, as I said in the introduction, he's the Dean of Graduate Studies at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Jonathan, very nice to meet you, man. I appreciate the opportunity.